you sure you're good? I'm good. All right, buddy. And three, two, and one. Good afternoon, Alex. Hello, Josh. This is The Takedown, and my name is Alex Thomas, and I'm the guest today. I am a former high school, kind of went to college football player. Uh, I've worked at Walmart, you know, making it in life. I'm 21 years old and doing it the best I can. There you have it, everybody. Alex just kind of came in and took over. I like it. I like the initiative. This is my fucking bro right here. This is my brother-in-law, um, who completely did not even say, this is a the motherfucking popcorn Sutton of our generation. Ah, a little moonshine here, a little moonshine there, a little liquor making here, a little liquor making there. <laughs> what, are you, uh, what are you working on right now, buddy? Well, right now, I'm working on a hot wine. And what it is actually called is a catsky mouth. And basically what it is is a wine that instead of brewed with fruit, you brew it with peppers to make it have that kind of hot. And then it goes away because of the alcohol. So this is the first time I'm trying it, but hopefully it'll be pretty good. I also put some mangoes in it this time. And I don't really think the mangoes have came through that much on the flavor profile of this one, but... I was going to back sweeten it with a little bit more mango and then maybe even add a different type of pepper. Are you, know, that's what I'm working on right now, though. Are you the, uh, are you the Sean Evans? Are you the hot ones of the, the winemaking business? I mean, I'm trying to break into the market. You know what I mean? Oh, I have 100%. It's something, it's, it's something that not a lot of people have ever heard of, a, a wine that's made with peppers. So. I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm 100% that. down to try it. <laughs> You got a bottle coming your way. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate it. So, um, like I said, Alex is my brother-in-law. Alex, what is your favorite, uh, what's your favorite memory of me? My favorite memory of you? Mm-hmm. Well, I have been dating Josh's wife's sister for quite a long time. And whenever I was in high school, I was, me and Sydney, which is his sister-in-law, we we were at my friend's house and Sydney came to get or Charlie and Josh came to pick Sydney up. Charlie's and they our were, uh, father-in-law. Yeah, they were extremely drunk, so much so that Josh threw up in the parking lot or the driveway of my friend's house, and that was almost the first time that I ever met Josh. So I was like, "Damn, this is cool." Do you know what my favorite memory of you is? What's that? We went to uh, we went to the Honey Pot in Orlando because we didn't know it was a uh, an LGBTQ club, and you were wearing the the Captain America hammer pants. Oh yeah. And we we got on stage and we danced. That's probably my favorite memory of you by far. You know what? That's my favorite memory that we've ever made together. But <laughs> I don't know about if that's my favorite memory of you because I thought that the, whenever you were super drunk, that was kind of fun. I feel like a lot of our times together have been very drunk. It's just kind of that thing we do. I mean, one time fueled by alcohol, you know. Or the uh, the fucking the the one of the best recent memories was the uh, the terrible drug deal gone wrong. The the dude lost the oh. fucking money. <laughs> his fucking, oh my god! That, his, his mom washed that, the fucking the ten dollar bill. <laughs> That was quite an ordeal, and I gotta tell you, that was a little bit unprofessional. But that was very that's unprofessional. What you gotta deal with. I feel like when you're dealing with drug dealers, most of the time you're not gonna get a lot of uh, professionalism, but somehow we still uh, we still seek it out. 
So, how so is I, the... Uh... I really value professionalism, and it can go to any field, <laughs> illegal or not. How's the, um, so how's the winemaking going? Is it, is it finished? Is it fermenting? Well, actually, right now, I'm waiting for it to... Basically, what happened was, I don't think that I pitched enough yeast at first. So, it stopped fermenting, and the fruit kind of stayed the exact same way it wasn't really wilting at all or you know looking like it was old so i put a little bit more yeast in it and it started back up and i put it in some warm water to get the temperature up and it started back up so hopefully in about a month or two i'll take it off the fruit and i have some good wine what's after that after one more racking What's the process from from start to finish? How long does it take, and what all what all do you have to to do? I guess from start, well, to start off with, I would say that the most important thing is picking a fruit that you enjoy, but blends well with alcohol at the same time. Mm-hmm. What are the preferred fruits? Step, I guess. Well, the preferred. For most people, it's sweet fruits like strawberry, apples, stuff like that, and easy, easy to access stuff. But you know, stuff like cherry wine—that's good, but it's hard to get a lot of cherries. So, so what is but your from start to finish? Yeah, go right ahead. From start to finish, what you want to do is pick out the right fruit, and then you get the right water, the right sugar. I prefer like a natural type of sugar instead of just granulated white sugar. You get all that together, you pitch a little bit of yeast in it, and then you just let it sit basically in a dark corner. Okay. And so you can use uh, essentially any closet in your house? or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like with weed, you it, need a, a, good, a good closet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, brewing alcohol, the way that I see it is people have been doing it forever, and... You know, like, 3,000 years ago, they did not have all the technology we did, so it must be some pretty easy shit to do, so. <laughs> so I, I didn't mean to, like, uh, to kind of giggle there for a second, but actually, I just thought of it. Talk to me about uh, about recreationally legal marijuana, because you live in Virginia, okay. and I uh, I live in, in Florida. So how are, how are the, the marijuana laws in Virginia? Well... As of right now, Virginia is completely illegal, and any amount of marijuana is totally legal. There are no, you know, even if you get caught with, say, a roach or something, that's the same as getting caught with up to an ounce. Okay. So there, there is no differentiation. You get sentenced the same, but Virginia just went blue most of the way, so there is a real possibility of recreational marijuana within... 2020 to 2021. What do you think that would do for the economy in Virginia? Well, honestly, I mean, Virginia was a huge tobacco economy, obviously, whenever, you know, in 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, and even the early 1900s up until government buyouts. So, and tobacco and marijuana are basically, they can grow in the same climate. So I believe that it could revitalize some parts, but in places like Dickinson County and just places that don't have a lot of infrastructure in general, I don't think it's going to do much. But Bristol, Kingsport, Johnson City, 
you know, places that have a big population base that it's easy to set up a retail location and they probably will see a lot of benefits and tax revenue and everything. So what about all these people who are currently um, in jail with a sentence marijuana related? What does this, this, uh, what does this mean for them? Well, uh, actually there is a bill going for, I think it's going into the Senate and it's supposed to be within the next five days of what is today? Like December the, the 6th seventh. or something? The 7th, yeah. 7th. So within the next five days, whenever you're listening to this, they are supposed to vote on completely decriminalizing marijuana. And there is also an aspect of the bill that expunges past crimes. But the problem with the bill is that it's only federal crimes. So most of the time with marijuana violations, it's going to be state laws and kind of you know, local laws, but not really federal unless it's moving across multiple states or, yeah. Okay. Or even crossing borders. That's most of the time whenever they get involved. Okay. So, Virginia is also, um, what is, what's the, uh, the sanctuary counties, I guess? I, I've seen a lot about that lately. Can you kind of go in depth on that as far as, uh, the Second Amendment? And, um, well, the sanctuary... The sanctuary counties are basically, I mean, it's, they can't really enforce it because if the state passes the law, then that's the law. There are no counties that can say that they're sanctuary counties, technically. But at the same time, it's mostly just taking a, a stance on a lot of things in general. I mean, sanctuary cities for illegal immigrants and at the same time, just gun laws in general confiscation what but, do you uh, what, what would you compare that to similar to like maybe like a work strike essentially uh, like if workers were mad it, they were working in unjust conditions is it something similar as if is if let's say everybody at Walmart was to walk out and stand outside of like like picket signs and, and shit like that is the the sanctuary state similar to that or? kind of it's just a form of protest like, okay. there is no way of enforcing it, but it's a way of letting the state government know that most counties do not, you know, agree <laughs> with gun bans or gun confiscation or really gun laws in general. With all the change happening in Virginia, do you think a lot of people will be um, eager to leave, move further south uh, into maybe Tennessee or West Virginia? or um... <sighs> Recently... It's really strange, but I've seen a lot of stuff about a part, well, the southern half of Virginia seceding, well, really it would be the western half of Virginia seceding from the eastern half of Virginia, which, I mean, it would basically be gerrymandering because the western half is red and the eastern half is blue, because the eastern half has most of the population, the western half is southwest Virginia, where there's, you know, towns with 5,000 people in it, and that's it. Do you think the the likelihood of that happening is is um, like do you think oh, this I, could I would, go ahead? I would say that the likelihood of that happening is zero, but there are a lot of people talking hmm. about wanting to do it. Hmm. It's a, it's a very tricky time in Virginia right now, especially because in your small town alone, um, these 
these small businesses are sort of being pushed out, right? And they're bringing in big, um, like big corporations, or maybe not even big corporations, but they're they're bringing in a lot of uh, like big shit, right? Such as the Pinnacle being put in with um, the big movie. Yeah, there's a lot like of that. corporatization. I couldn't think of the word. That's I was sure. I was sitting there fucking stumbling on it. Oh no. I mean, it really is true because it turned into there's a strip mall at each exit, basically. So, what do you think that's done for the town, or uh, I guess Southwest Virginia as a whole? Well, <laughs> Southwest Virginia as a whole, I feel like they've kind of been hurt by the Pinnacle because it's right in Tennessee. So, really, Virginia is getting no tax revenue at all from that. That's not uh, that's not on the Virginia Tennessee line. It's all Tennessee. Oh yeah, it's all Tennessee and. Every bit of the tax revenue goes to Tennessee, to the city of Bristol, Tennessee, not Virginia. So, the, obviously, the Falls Plaza, which is the compete, competitor to the Pinnacle, which was built at Exit 5, and the Pinnacle is at Exit 74B, which is four miles up the road. So, what, um, it, so what's going on with the Falls Plaza? Didn't, um, what was that, Cabela's was there, and then Bass Pro bought them out? Yeah, Capella's and Bass Pro bought them out, but they're still operating the store, and they have a Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, Hobby Lobby opened up there. Okay. Let's see. There's a Lowe's. Oh, there's a Lowe's? Yeah, there's a Lowe's up there, but that's been up there since. That's kind of one of the... Really, if you see somebody up there, they're either going to Lowe's, or they're going to Cabela's, or they're going to get something to eat at Zaxby's. Nobody shops at the Aldi there? I mean, sometimes it's busy, but for the most part, no. With Walmart right there, and uh, Food City. I tell you, we have we have an Aldi down here that we go to. It's like uh, maybe like seven-ish miles from where we live. I don't even fucking go to it, dude. I love Aldi, but I just it's so much more convenient to go to shit that's closer to where you live than to go out of the way, even for like good deals, you know? Exactly, yeah. That's the thing with uh, Food City where they just built another thing with corporatization and having them they just built another strip mall basically and Food City opened and that's the closest grocery store now so that's where I go basically so put um, for listeners that might not be from Virginia put Abingdon to Bristol to Bristol Tennessee in perspective I guess mileage wise how how close are they mileage wise so the I-81 interstate is what runs through Virginia, straight through Tennessee, and I think it actually runs all the way up to Canada or something like that. But if you get on I-81, from Abingdon to Bristol, Virginia would be about 15 minutes, maybe even less than that. And then from Bristol, Virginia to Bristol, Tennessee would be two minutes because it's a border town, basically. So what you're saying is from one end of Abingdon all the way to, let's say, the Bristol, Tennessee side, there's now three strip malls? There's three strip malls. Well, there's one in Tennessee, which is the Pinnacle, but Mm -hmm. that is basically two miles or three miles in Tennessee. So Hmm. along the interstate, there's three almost really because exit seven has a bunch of stuff it's absolutely fucking crazy for a small like a small southwestern part of virginia especially in a a land that's like essentially um 
like notorious for like coal fields and, and tobacco fields. Yeah, <clears throat> traditionally it was an agricultural based economy, but now it's turned into more of a like a corporate. I don't know service based. Yeah, yeah service based slash working at Walmart, Best Buy, places like that. So where it's is- like you're not really working for local businesses; you're working for you know national business corporations. Yeah. So what does that do for small town life in Southwest Virginia? You um you went to school in Bristol, Virginia, and then you went to college um in Abingdon. Uh you you work in Abingdon, correct? So for yeah. for you, what does all this uh what does all this corporatization kind of do for your everyday life? And how like how does it affect it? Is traffic much worse now? Um construction, etc. Well, construction has been a big problem for the past probably seven to ten years. But you kind of get used to it for the stores. I mean, it's a place that doesn't have a lot of population, so usually the stores aren't crowded. But there are times where, you know, you you can't really get past a red light because it's all the way backed up because it's first of the month and everybody's going to the grocery store. So you're, That's another big problem with here. Everybody's on some kind of government assistance almost. The first and the fifteenth uh, checks. Is that what is that what day they are? The first and the fifteenth when people get their um, their assistance. I think that Virginia actually changed it where everybody gets their benefits on the first. Hmm. <clears throat> so it's um it's essentially like a a more impoverished area, which is now blowing up what is the, what is all these these new stores because you you said that there was a big food city which I, I'd read online that they got a big Starbucks and there's a, a Bass Pro and a Cabela's so what does that do for the job market in southwest Virginia of course it, it looks of, good of co- because there are more jobs but at the same time they're lower like lower paying jobs that aren't really careers like lower so, wage lower wage uh, yeah. opportunities so it's good for people that don't you know, high school kids, college kids, but at the same time, if you're 35, you don't really want to work at parties and make, you know, seven twenty-five an hour. So it's it's definitely not a place for uh, for careers in that sense. Exactly. There's not a lot of career opportunity around here. What do you like most about the mountains, Alex? Well kind of beautiful naturally like there's natural lakes streams for the most part around here there's not a lot of lakes but there's a lot of rivers so how's the um how's the fishing been lately the fishing i have not went fishing for about a month but the last time i went fishing i went trout fishing in a little town called damascus which is right up the road from avenue for all the viewers and I caught a brook trout for the first time, actually, and it was about a 14, 15-inch brook trout, which is very big. And unfortunately, I gut-hooked it, so I decided to just go ahead and take it home, and I ate it. So it was good, but unfortunately, I did have to bring it home instead of being able to let it go. What are you, um, what are you fishing with, equipment-wise? 
fishing with right now on that one i caught it on a fluger rod reel combo and the bait i was using was a i think it was a black and gold rooster tail do you um do you have certain spots or do you try to go somewhere different i do first for trout definitely there are certain spots that in the you know streams and stuff that are deeper pockets or they're a good turn in the river where there's a deep pocket on one side but on one side it's shallow and i definitely focus on those areas but whenever i'm going bass fishing in the spring or summer it's mostly just you know you're trying to cover a wide area because they could really be anywhere because most of the time whenever you're fishing for bass you're fishing for open water fish do you um i'm sorry i was typing is there a lot of people that go with you do you normally do you normally go alone uh, i go alone most of the time i have a couple of people that go with me but the thing is the way that i like to fish is i go out all day long and if i don't catch anything oh well but i'm still staying all day long do you um do you notice a lot of other people going fishing like is it is there a lot of um like would you say that the natural wildlife hunting and fishing is is pretty popular in virginia it is definitely very popular i would say that on on the days that they stock trout there are probably two to three hundred people along the creeper trail which runs um damascus to abingdon correct yeah damascus to abingdon and it's part of the appalachian trail i think okay Okay, so at least Virginia kind of has that going for it the the beautiful landscape and the the uh, the fishing. Yeah, don't game. get me wrong. There's a lot of good <laughs> stuff about Virginia, but there's a lot of bad stuff too. Um, and it kind of changes from one side of Virginia to the other side. So I was I didn't mean to to kind of space out there for a second. I was actually doing a little bit of googling. You know, you you um you've actually influenced my music taste quite um quite a bit over the years that me and you've known each other um the first time i ever heard the rapper xxx tentacion was actually with you do you know he uh you know of course he passed away june 18th 2018 you know they released a uh, a new album of his yesterday really yeah have you you've not I've heard not it then? Seen that. i've not heard that but i have seen a couple of people releasing albums like ynw melly and i'm just wondering like why are they holding back so much unreleased music for people that are either incarcerated or deceased, you know? Do you think it helps his legacy if they if they release music after he's passed away? Like, I because... think it helps his legacy to a point. For things like him, he that was pretty recent, so I'm sure that he does have some stuff that just never was released. But people like Tupac Shakur... Shakur Michael Jackson, people like that that have been dead for a long time, and it doesn't really make sense to release their songs because you know that it's not really their song. It's been uh, like messed with and, and tampered with. Exactly. So, there was another album released since XXX has passed away. It's called Skins. Have you heard it? Uh, I've, I've heard a portion of it, I think. It was released... Um, Oh my god, actually, so actually, it was released December the 7th of last year, so it's been out for a full year now. 
Um, did you listen? You, you said you only listened to a portion of it. Yeah. It sounded really unfinished to me. That's what I was asking. If you think that releasing these albums after someone's passed away, that kind of diminishes their legacy. Do you think it's kind of disrespectful? It's disrespectful if somebody other than the family is getting the profits. I think. I just I feel kind of weird because let's say these songs are maybe um, maybe like a layout, and then they're released and they're they're not completed to the what would have been the artist's expectations, I guess. So it kind of makes me a little uncomfortable. Um, it says that this is the fourth and final studio album. This this new one, it's called Bad Vibes Forever. You probably going to pick it up or not? Nah? I mean, might as well. <laughs> might as well. I'm looking at the... Um, I'm trying to find the track list right now. It's got 25 songs. Um, and the people that are, I guess, featured on it are Blink-182, Joyner Lucas... Um, Joey Badass, Tory Lanes, Rick Ross, Lil Wayne, Trippy Red. Do you think? Uh, do you think that's kind of disrespectful? Like jumping on somebody's song after they passed away. You, you think it's kind of weird or no? I think it's weird. I don't know if it's disrespectful though. Like, like let's say, like if, uh, <laughs> like if I was working on a rap album and then I died, would you let like, would you let Tory Lanes jump on my album? You think? Maybe not Tory Lanes, but I like Tory Lanes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. You're dead, so whatever. Oh yeah, it's got it's got a my choice at that point. Oh, let's see. That's <laughs> that's the fucking that's the shit <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's got a rapper named Stefflon Don on here. Have you ever heard of of Stefflon Don? I don't think I've ever heard oh, it's of a, it's a it's a female. She's a British rapper, singer, and songwriter. Oh, she she got famous from like a fucking French Montana song. Okay, speaking of female rappers and stuff, what was your opinion on skit like City Girls and Yo, the girl JT dog? Well, I I mean, I'm not even ashamed to say it. I like some of their songs. They're, yeah, that... you know, they got a good beat. They that first They're day catchy, out shit. They... Yeah. Yeah, that shit's fucking. It goes hard, dude. It goes. It goes harder than some of the fucking some of the male rappers. Absolutely. I don't. Do you do you like where rap music's at right now? All the face tattoos and all the um, all the weird gimmicks I, and shit. Honestly, I just feel like it's it's going through a phase. A weird phase, albeit, you know, face tattoos, mm-hmm. people being more, I don't even, feminine yeah. in the way that they dress, you know, carrying purses and things like that. I like, was, I was there's nothing wrong with that. that, but at the same time, that's not the way that rap has traditionally been. It might be because I'm just like a little bit older than you, but the rappers that I grew up on are like very different from this generation's rappers. And it's so fucking weird because some of them are so good and they rap about such hood things and I see them carrying like purses and shit and it uh I think it like kind of discredits the the fucking the lyrics a little bit, you know? 
It's like, if you got a Louis Vuitton purse, all right, that's drip, but at the same time, you're still getting a purse. <laughs> it's, it's drip, but at the same time, you still got a purse. Yeah. I, uh, I don't really like Trippy Red, man, just because, like, I don't like his online persona, but, damn, he can sing a fucking song, can he? Yeah, I know. Like, he is so catchy. And have you heard his new song, uh, I don't even remember the name of it, but it was with the baby. 